0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf mesaches Baba Kama is Daf Hei. As Hashem, we're starting the top of Hey Amut Aleph, and we're going to have four sections in today's Limud. So we're continuing, actually, from where we left off yesterday, which was discussing the different lists of mazikim. As we explained, we had the Mishnah with four mazikim, arba Baal was nazikim. We had Rabbi Oshaya with 13. And then we had Rabbi Chia with additional uh, 11, making a total of 24. So we explained yesterday, uh, in order to explain why... Rabbi Shaya does not incorporate the cases of the 11 that we set a general rule. Why Rabbi Shaya doesn't include those of Rabbi Chia is because Rabbi Yashaya only included in his list those payments that are considered mamona, monetary payments, not payments that are considered uh, knas, penalty. And as a general rule, the distinction between penalty and mamona, monetary, monetary payments, is are you paying back equal to the damage you caused, or potentially could have caused, or not. So the Gemara picks up now, and if you're not, meaning if you're not, the Torah is just leveling, leveling a penalty against you. In that case, Rabbi Chiyah includes those, and Rabbi Yashayah was not including those. So we're picking up the top of with Aleph, and the Gemara tells us one of the items that Rabbi Chia included was Adim Zaymanman. Now, Adim Zaymanman, we know, is the classic case where Two people walk into a court, they testify false information about somebody knowingly, and then two others show up and say, Imanu hayis, you're with us. Now what ends up happening is, whatever type of punishment they were trying to have the defendant receive, those Aiden will then receive that in return. So the Gemara's question, as we start off here, is that it would seem to be, this is this is a concept of Mamona, because this isn't a set number that the Torah says in general. It depends on each one's case basis. And if that's the case, it comes out that that's more akin to Mamon than Knas. So says the Gemara, Why didn't Rabbi Oshaya include Edom Zoymimin in his list of 13 if that is the case of Mamon? So the Gemara says Rabbi Oshaya holds that it's penalty. Why does he hold it's penalty? Because soever Akiva. Rabbi Ashaya holds that Einim Zaymimin is grouped under the categories of penalties, like Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva says to Omar, Ein Mishalmin Alpi Atzman, Rabbi Akiva holds, if you have two people who testify in a court that somebody is responsible for some pu- punishment, turns out that they're Adam Zayman, and then they run away from that first court and they go to a second court and admit their guilt, the halacha is, according to Rabbi Akiva, those people are exempt from whatever it is that they would have received in the first court because we say this is a category of knas, knas pater. When you admit to a penalty, you're exempt. So Rabbi Yosha'i concedes to Rabbi Akiva on that, and that's why he doesn't include it in his list says the Gemara, Isav, or like, like Rabia but if Rabbi Ashaya really holds like Rabbi Akiva, now we had on, on Dalimut Bays, we said that Rabbi Ashaya includes the extra case of Adam as we distinguish between the Mishnah and our Rabbi Ashaya's Brisa, Adam that damaged a person and Adam that damaged an animal. So we said, why don't we also include two cases of shore? A shore that damages a person and then Rabbi Oshaya should also include in another case. sure shore that damages a person so shore that damages a uh, an, uh, another shore, an item. So we said the reason is because you'll only pay Nezek in both scenarios. It says the Gemara e Akiva. if Rabbi Yoshaya really holds a Rabbi Akiva and he didn't include Adam Zom in our list because of that, his list. The problem is, so you're back to that question. Ni ni there are indeed two categories with two different halachas when it comes to shore according to Rabbi Akiva. Azik there is the category of shore that damages shore. Shore, the azik adam. And also there's the category of shore that damages Adam. And what's the difference in Halacha really? As we'll see, the Tanan, the Mishnah teaches us later on Lam Aleph, Rabbi Kivaimer, Af Adam. If there's some sort of an accident and there's a Say car crash, but meaning a person and a short tom interact and they're both damaged. So what's the halacha? The odom is damaged and the short tom is damaged. Mishalim the nezek shalim. The owner, let's say for example, the owner of the ox the short tom, and you have the owner and you have the person who was damaged. They both damaged each other, but the damage that was caused to the person was $150. The damage that was caused to the ox was $100. So the Mishnah there, Rabbi Akiva Paskin's there, that Mishalim says Rabbi Akiva you pay the excess, means the owner of the animal pays the person Nezek Shalim. You pay Nezek Shalim in this regard. So says the Gemara, what do you see? you see that there's a nezek sholim according to Rabbi Akiva associated with an ox that damages, even in a short tam, that damages a person. But a short that damages another short, it's chasei nezek if it's a tam. So if Rabbi Ashai is including, not including Edim zoman in this list because he holds like Rabbi Akiva that it's considered knas and not included, then he should also hold that you have to include two cases of shor, shor that damages a person, shor that damages an ox, as Rabbi Akiva does make a distinction between those two cases. So says the Gemara literally it means he broke his fist but it means Rabbi Akiva diminished the significance of this psak. how do we know that Titania, as the Brisa illustrates he says really in general it's not a general rule you always will pay when the ox damages a person because Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva says in the Braisa you might think that even a short time that damages a person you always have to pay now as opposed to we spoke about this before The halacha is when a short time damages another shore. Let's say, for example, the halacha is you only pay up to me, gufo. You pay up to the value of the ox itself up to the value of the ox itself. Min ha-aliyah means that you even pay more than the value of the damaging ox itself, meaning its its value is inconsequential. You always pay whatever the damages are, Min Ha'aliyah, even above that. Now, that means, in the case of a short time, you pay chatzinezik. We know that that's the halacha. So therefore, if it damages another shore, let's say, so if the, sh- the chatzinezik happens to be more than its value, you'll still pay more than its value. But Rabbi Akiva says, you might think that when a short time damages a person, you should pay aliyah more than its value. Talmud lo'omar, therefore the pasuk says, hey, oh, Means it says in the pasuk, it shall be done for it. Meaning, the owner of the ox only has to pay when it damages a person up to its value. So now what comes out is like this. Uh, so, so, Mishaling, only pay up to its value. Aliyah. You don't pay more than its value. So Rashi explains what then would emerge according to Rabbi Akiva is it's not true that in every scenario that a short time damages a person, you're going to pay. Nezak Shalim, because Rabbi Akiva limits that psaq. He says, you could only pay Nezak Shalim but up to its value, which means if its value is less than Nezak Shalim, you're not paying Nezak Shalim. So therefore, says the Gemara, even if Rabbi Shaya holds like Rabbi Akiva, since it's not a clear-cut rule, you're always going to pay Nezak Shalim because it's always limited by Migufo up to its value. He didn't include that as a separate which, category in the Braisah. Which one? Up to which one's value? The damagers, the damagers' yeah, sure. value. Exactly, exactly. We'll discuss this more later, but that's the general rule. Let's continue. Now, Rabbi, let's continue Rabbi Chia's list now. Rabbi Chia's list included HaOyness VaMefate VaMotsi Shemra. So we said Oyness, we know that's a case where a man rapes a girl, Mefate, he seduces a girl, and Matsishemra Shemra, this isn't, the they take this one out, it's not really necessary for this Gemara here, but the point is when it comes to Oyness and Mefate, so what's the law of and Mefate? The there is a penalty associated with it, and that penalty was not included in Rabbi O'Shea's list because he's not discussing penalties. fine. But in addition to Aynas Mufateh, there are also regular monetary payments. You should have to pay Boishas, Pegam, embarrassment, disparaging value on the family. There's all kinds of lowering her value in the market for, for being married. Married, So there are other monetary payments. So asks the Gemara on Rabbi Yashaya again, in these cases, there are elements of payments of money, monetary payments that are not kna's. So listen, why didn't Rabbi Yashaya include those? So the Gemara says, the answer is very simple. E Nezek, if you're talking about the damage of Nezek, Tanalei, Rabbi Yoshaya did include Nezek, Tzar, Ripo, Shevis and Boshes in his list, so he already taught Nezek. E Tsar, if you're talking about the pain he causes her, so Tanalei, it's also included. He taught Tsar. E Boshes, regarding the embarrassment, Tanalei, he included that as well. E Pigam, if it's the lowering of her value, it's her diminished price, Hanu Nezek, so that's included in the Nezek over here, the uh, diminishment in value. So and then what else is there that he has to pay? Kenasa, the penalty. Kenasa, look, a mirror. Rabbi Oshaya wasn't including penalties in his list of thirteen. Let's continue. So what were these cases of Rabbi Chia in his list of twenty-four? Mitama is where a fellow goes and he contaminates his friend coin's his Cohen friend's truma. Medame is where he takes the chulin of a yisroel, he mixes truma into yes. it. Now, why is that considered? A damage, because what ends up happening now is it's diminished in value, because now you have truma and chulun mixed together. There's a small market for people that could eat truma. So you'll have to sell this to a Kohen at a cheaper value. So that's a damage. And is where you pour someone's wine for avodah zara, causing it to now become yaynesech and prohibited. So says the Gemara, but wait a second. L'chorah, these are cases de mamona. You have to pay back for the damage that you caused, and that's a monetary payment. So listen why aren't those included in Rabbi Yoshiach's list as well? So the Gemara says, Manav Again, let's look at this. Either way. This is really a Sugya Mesechis Gitin. The Sugya there discusses why you're responsible in these three cases. Really, it's considered a hezek Scheino niker. It's an indistinct damage. What does that mean? When you uh, mixed in Truma into your friend's Chulin, or you contaminated your friend's Truma, your coined friend's Truma, there's no distinct damage difference in the tr- in the items in front of you it looks exactly the same you can't see toma you don't see toma it looks exactly the same for example so like this there's a malecus there is niker indistinct damage, considered damage that you have to pay back or not. So says the Gemara, <laughs> if you consider it damage, so nezek. Rabbi O'Shea did teach the payments of nezek, so that would be included. <laughs> if you say it's not considered damage, and then the only payments here, it's not because it's nezek that you're paying, it's a knas. Then that's a penalty. of a knas, look Rabbi Shaya wasn't talking about knas. So the Gemara says, okay, but let's look at Rabbi Chia now. Rabbi Chia does include these cases, and he also includes uh, Nezek the, as a separate category. So, Lema kasav Rabbi Chia, hezek she'en and or leh hezek. L'chor, by including these cases of payments, as well as addition, additionally Nezek, it seems to be there are two different cases. Nezek is where it's distinct, and these are payments that you're responsible, even though they're not distinct. So it seems like he holds. Hezek she'en and or Lash It's not considered damage. It's a penalty. The Yishmei is if he held it was considered a damage, Hatan Nezek. He also incorporates the ruling of Nezek. So the more answers, really it could be Rabbi doesn't necessarily hold Hezek Shemek or It could be held Shloy Shmei and it's a payment of Knas. Uh, excuse me, really, it could be he holds Shmei Hezek and it's a regular payment of Nezek. But Tana the minkara, he just wanted to classify it because in reality it's two different things. One of them is a Hezek that's distinct, Tana the Delo Minkara, and he taught another case which is Hezek that's not distinct, but it could be they're both monetary payments actually. All right, let's move on to the second section now. minkara means distinct. Right, same thing as the Exactly. Okay, now, like this. In our Mishnah, we said the word avos, arba avos nazikin. So the Gemara was medayik. Why does it use the word forefathers of nazikin or primary Nezikin? Because there's also toldos. So we said, right. what's the told of keren, where is the kavanas lehazik? It's uh, if it bites something or steps on something. What's the told of Shane where it eats, where it scratches back against the wall because it's Hanasol lehazikom? What's the told of regel when it stamps? trample something in its normative way of going is if its hair goes and hits something. Meaning we spoke about how this told us. What the Gemara is going to wonder now is I understand why we use that word of Avos in our Mishnah. I'm sorry, I skipped a step. Excuse me, I skipped a step. First we want to know is why it use numbers, right? Our Mishni uses the word four. It says, Arba Avos Neziken. That's the next step What I was just explaining. Arba Avos Neziken means there are four primary damages. Now, whenever you use a number, there's an exclusion that's occurring. There's only four and not... So why does it say four? Well, it excludes the list of Rabbi Yosha'i of, tw- of 13. Why does Rabbi Yosha'i say 13? To exclude the list of Rabbi Chia of 24. But why does Rabbi Chia use the word 24? What is he excluding? There's no more expanded list that we know about, at least. So says the Gemara... I understand why our Mishnah uses the word number four. So he excludes the list of 13 of Rabbi Yoshaiah. He's not incorporating the other nine that Rabbi Yoshaiah did. Rabbi Yoshaiah teaches the number 13 to exclude the list of 24 of Rabbi Ushaya. Like we said, he's not including Knossos. It's fine. But why does Rabbi Ushaya use the number 24? What, what is he excluding? Says the Gemarim Ute Mosar Umifagil. So he's excluding two cases that he's not including in his list. Mosar, what is Mosar? Mosar is, Rashi says, a Malshin. Somebody that tells Goyim about Jewish property. A Masar. In order to confiscate Jewish property. And that's a terrible thing. So he's excluding that, number one. And also, by the way, those you'd be responsible to, to a certain degree. But the point is, he's just not including in his list. We'll have to see why exactly. Not or Mephagil. What? That's not enough. Oh, and why is Mephagil? What's Mephagil? Mephagil is a Kohen who is performing the service of a karbon for someone. And he has the wrong intention in his mind invalidating the karbon. The other person has to bring a new carbon. So those are not included in the list of Rebbe Chia, says the Gemara of list. Why doesn't he include them? Those seem like things that you should be responsible for. So my Gemara says I understand why he doesn't include the case of mefagil, the coin with the wrong machshava. So bekatshim His list didn't include karbanos. Fine. So he wasn't including Carbonus Halachas of karbanos. Ella my time alay tani. But why didn't he include the case of meisers? The answer answers shani meiser de dibura. He didn't include cases that you're responsible simply based on word, the spoken word. And Moser, there's no physical action. It's the speech. You go over to a guy, you say, look, here's the property of the Jew, go and confiscate it, however you manipulate the situation. So that wasn't included in his list. Says the Gemara, is that true? did Rabbi Chia not discuss cases of simple Dibur? V'ha motzi did Dibur? Motzi what's the case of Motzi Shemra? He marries a woman, and then he says she wasn't a Besula. That's and that's included in his list. The Katani or did include that, so the Gemara answers, no, that's different because Dibur de ispey That's a speech which is associated with an action. He had relations with her, and that, and then after having relations, he said something that uh, denied that she was a besula. That was included, but Dibur alone, like Moser's, not says the Gemara we did include Adim Zom in Chias. he included in his list and what's the case of Edim Zom? They walk into court they testify false information that Katani Rabichiyah included that so the Gemara answers which this is really the Gemara Makkas highlights this principle, it's true that there's no real action when it comes to the speech of the Edom Zomamin, but the Torah classifies what they're doing as a Maisa. Where do we find that? The Chesiv, the Pasuk tells us in the parsh of Adam Zomamin, this is the punishment for them. We shall do back to them as they planned to do to their brother. Well, they weren't doing, they just spoke, but the Torah calls it a ma- so that's why he included it in his list. And Now this is what I was saying before. In regards to the word avos, we understand why our Mishnah uses the word avos because there's toldos. But these lachora, what's the told of a shomer chinam? What's the told of edom zomamin? There's no such thing lachora. So the Gemara says, why does Rabbi Oshaia and Rabbi Chi? Why do they use the words told avos if there's and no toldos? What are they teaching us with those words? And the Gemara says it's understandable according to our Mishnah. Tana avos bechal daika told us. It uses the word avos to imply that there are us, as we explained. Elul Rabbi Chiyev but according to Rabbi Shaya's lists, Avos Mechalal Deika told us. What do you mean Avos implies that there's told us? Toldos saying my near that. What told us are there? There's no toldos of Shomer Chinam. There's no toldos of Nezek Tsaripu Shevis and Boshes of Adim uh, Zomamin. So why does it use the word Avos? The Gemara's answer is, as we'll see. The reason it uses the word avos is to say that these additional extended lists are responsible to the same degree as the original four in our Mishnah. What does it mean? It means if you want to pay with land for the damage you caused, you have to pay with Metava arets, with the best of the land. Let's read that inside. That's what it used the word avos to teach us. They're all considered like the avos, meaning they're all considered like the original four in the sense that you have to pay from the best of your properties. If you want to pay from fields, my time. What's the reason? So we have shava using the four words. Now the Rishonim all discuss what does that mean. So let's just start with Rabbi Hananel. Rabbi Hananel explains here that it says regarding shein and regel. Let's just go through the steps here. Regarding shein and regel, we find that if somebody's animal. Uh, Shane and Regal. It eats in someone's field or tramples in someone's field. So it says, you have to pay Meitavaritz. The Pasuk says, Meitav or Meitav Karma Yeshalim, um, the best of your field you have to pay back. You have to pay with Edis, the best of your property. Now, the same word. Now back now really the Rabina Khananaf says this. He says the word Yeshalim appears in all four of the damages of our Mishnah. We find the word Yeshalim is said by bor Ma van Hever. So therefore we know in all in regards to all of those, if the person wants to pay back the damage or wants to pay with property is to pay back with metav also through Xerashava, Yeshalim, mishali. Now Rashi goes through and explains each of the damagers of Rebichin Boshaya that are needing to pay, it uses one of these terminologies. It says either tahas, nesini Ishalim, and Kesef. Those terminologies all appear also in the, one of the contexts of Shor bormav and hever. So therefore just as the original list all need to pay from Meitav Aurats if you want to pay from land, the additional extended lists, also based on Shavu, one of these four, we're not going to go through Rashi, but he goes through the whole thing, would also have to pay from the best of his property if he wants to pay from land. That's why they, they, these two Amoroi, this barbi, shayin, Rabbi Hoshai, Rabbi Chia, used the word Avos in their Bresos. Let's continue. Our Mishnah says, moving on to the third section, L'areh, Shor, Maves. Let's get into the characteristic comparisons now. The Mishnah said, you can't compare Shor to Mave. So the Gemara says, my Kamar, what is our Mishnah saying? What is this, what is this back and forth, really? So, Amr of Mishmei achi This is really how he explained it in the Mishnah. Licht that the Torah could have written one of them. Means the Torah could have written, you're responsible to pay for one of these damagers. Vitesi Dachminei, and then L'chor, derive one from it. So, therefore, the Mishnah then responds to that and says, no, since there are characteristic differences, you would not be able to derive one from the other and had to write both. So then the next step of our Mishnah said, below Zev is we said that you can't only have written Shor and mave because they have Ruchaim versus esh that does not have Ruchayan. So my again, what is it saying what it means to say, turning to him with Beiz is, of rachmana Tarti. Let the Torah write these two: Mave and Shor. and we'll derive the third, which is Hever, which is the fourth in our mission actually, from it that you're responsible for Aish as well. So Hader Amr, therefore, the Mishnah responded and said, You also wouldn't be able to derive one from the other two. So Rashi elaborates here and explains what was the logic here, the steps. I want to just look at Rashi for a moment. Rashi explains to the top Rashi if you want to look in with me. Rashi says, let's go with Shmuel first. Mava means Shane. Shor and mava could have been written in the Torah. And then you derive Esh from it. So then you'll say, wait a second, but sure. Now he says Karen here, even though we learned earlier it's, it's regal. And Farshim explained, it's lav dafka. Sure, it has the intent to damage, so then you can't learn Ash from that. Oh, but you have also Shane. Shane will prove to you it's not Kavanassa lahazik. And so Shane has a different issue, which is Shane is hanal Ezeko. So Shore Yochiach, which means between the commonalities of Shore, which is Karen we're understanding, and Shane, you'd be able to learn out to Ash. So therefore, the Gemara says no, because Esh doesn't have the characteristic of Ruach Hayim, unlike Shor and K- and Shane, which do have the characteristic of Ruach Hayim. Rashi goes on to explain in Rav as well, but it's ultimately the same idea. You would not have been able to learn one from those other two because Esh doesn't have Ruach Hayim. Fine. Moving on to the final section now, Ravah comes along and Rava tells us actually, if you look at it from a logical standpoint, you could have learned some of these items from others had it only written some of them in the Torah. We're going to go through just one example, but really, you could have learned some from others. The key Rava is going to say is as follows. You just have to know which ones to choose. And the way Rava is going to say is as follows. We have four damagers. We have Shor, Bor, Mava, and Hever in the Mishnah. Says says R- uh, Rava. If you take Bor, Bor is is the least likely to be responsible in a certain way. Why? Because bore doesn't travel to damage. Bore is yeah. it's, um, permanent, stationary. Someone has to, come to it. Someone has to come to it. So says Rava. if you take boar and any of the other damages, you could have learned out the rest of the damages from it. And we'll go through one example in Rashi, how he illustrates this, because the common strengths and weaknesses would negate each other and you could learn out the other ones without them being written in the Torah. So let's see that inside besides one, as we'll see. Amarava, v'kulu, all of these damages, which we're going to say refers to maven, hever, kishadisa bor benayu, if you would include bor with one of the other ones, asya kulu b'matzad, you could derive all of them through a tzadah Lebar, says the gemar says Rava, besides for me, Karen, besides for Karen, Karen, you would not have been able to derive from Boar and one other. Mishum Mifrach because you would say Karen is essentially different than bor and one other of the damagers. Malakulu shekein mu'ad because all the other damagers have a strength or a stringency that they're mu'ad from the beginning. Eish, you pay Nezek Shalim mitchila. Shein v'regel, you pay from the beginning. Um bor, you pay from the beginning the full amount. It's muad from the beginning. As opposed to karen, which is not muad from the beginning, you're considered a tam from the beginning, so you would not have been able to derive karen. I just want to go through one example in Rashi, just to illustrate. But Rashi goes through all the different formulations of this. I don't want to go through all of them, we don't have enough time for that, but let's just go through one example. We look at Rashi, Asya. So let's just go through the first example in Rashi. Iksiv bor If it would have written in the Torah Bor and one of the other ones, you'd be able to derive the other damages are also responsible for them from boar and whatever the other one you chose is. The Iksiv Bor So let's start with this. If the Torah would have written Bor and Karen, Minayu, you'd be able to derive Shane from it. how would you like this? Ma regarding boar, which it doesn't move, it's stationary. Chayev, and nonetheless, you're Chayev. So, Shein, where the animal goes and eats in someone else's field, certainly irresponsible. Oh, so you'd say, but wait a second, you'd refute the comparison. Mal bor nasiyah, so omid Tomer v'shein. Bor, initially, is something that could damage. Shane is not something that initially damages. It's not made to damage. So, Karen, Karen will show you. Meaning, Karen, even though it's initially something that damages, nonetheless, the alocha is... I mean, Karen is not something initially that damages. It means it's not something that's the normative thing to do. Uh, nonetheless, Allah is your chayiv, so you can learn from Karen, but you can't learn from Karen because Malak Karen Shekain Kavanos Karen has a stringency that it intends to damage. So, maybe that's why you're responsible if you just learned from Karen to Shane. So, Bor Yachiach, Bor will show you. Bor, it's not intending to damage and you're still responsible. The, chazer, and, the and then the rulings go back and forth between Bor and Karen. The commonality amongst them is that they, their way is to damage. Umamoncha, and they're your money. That also includes Shane. The then he goes on to explain also you derive regal from Karen and Bor. And he goes through all the examples. We're not going to go through all of it now. But the point is what Rashi says. Rav is telling us is if you had chosen two of these items, one of them being bore, you'd be able to derive the rest of them. So if you would choose, for the first example, as Rashi is saying, Karen and bore, you could derive the rest of them from this. Now, Rav specifically chooses bore because you would not have been able to derive bore from the other ones because bore has the leniency or the weakness in responsibility in the sense that we just said is that it's stationary. So in a certain sense, it's the least likely responsible. So that's why if you just include bore and one other, you could derive the rest. Back in the Gemara now. Besides for Karen, says Rava, because Ra- Karen has a unique uh, leniency that when it's initially t- uh, Tam, you're only chatzin Nezek, not Nezek sholim. So you would not have been able to derive Karen from bore and one other. But the Gemara says, Ulamanda Amar. Adaraba, and according to the Shita, who says, actually look at it the other way. Which Rashi says, I don't know who the Shita is, but Karen Adifa. That actually Karen is more strict, Shekhavana solahazik, because its intent is original is to damage. Means the entire idea of Karen in the nature of Karen is that it intends to damage. So so the Gemara is saying is there is a Shita, which Rashi says I don't know who the Shita is, who says actually look at Karen in a more stringent light because its intent is to damage, even though you're saying it's true. It's but that is overridden, that weakness is overridden, that leniency is overridden by the stringency then it's So according to that Shitta, you'd even be able to derive Karen from a commonality between bore and one of the other ones. So says the Gemara, if that's true, it comes out, you could actually have derived some of these items from others, uh, in the sense that we just said. If you take bore and one other, you could have derived the other damagers from it. So then why did the Torah write each of these damagers before the Torah? There must be unique halachas associated with each that I would not have known had the Torah not written them and only derived them through Tzad So we're going to go through now each of the damagers and show what unique halachas the Torah highlights for each of them, which is why they written. So, number one, Karen, the reason it taught Karen, lechalik bin tamalu it has to distinguish between its status as a non habitual damager and habitual damager. That we know the difference is chatzin ezek and shali. Shein Shainbe, regular damages of consumption and trampling, lepochron, bishrus harabim. So, there's a unique halacha the Torah tells us it's only ubir biste acher, it's only if it consumes damages in another field, another person's field, that the, the the uh, the property of the nizik of the damagee, but in Hashanah Rabbim, you're not responsible. Bor. Now what's the unique halacha of Bor lifter by a sakkalim? That the halacha is if kalim fall into someone's pit vessels and they break, you're not responsible. We'll, we'll derive these from drushes. Well, the Rabbi Yehud actually holds you are responsible. So then what's the Chiddush the Torah is teaching us in, in relating the halacha of Bor's responsibility is lift boy is Adam. It exempts if a person falls in and dies, you're not responsible for that. And again, this is based on Drash's. Adam, why does the Torah teach us Yuchayev as an individual, a person who damages Zolachayva so, Ba'arba Dvarim? Because it has the unique halacha that not only are Yuchayev to pay Nezek, the basic payment that even an ox is responsible for, but the other four as well, Tsari Rip, and Boshes. Eish, why does the Torah teach us the unique damager of Eish lifter boy es hatamun? So there's a special halacha that when it comes to Eish, if a person's fire emerges from his field and damages something else, and it happened to be within some grain, there was a keli, a vessel hidden inside. You're exempt from the keli that was destroyed as well. And also, we'll see where this comes from in the psukim, But the point is, you're exempt for tamun. That's a chiddush of Eish. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you are responsible for tamun, for the thing hidden inside. So, so then, what is the chiddush of the Torah teaching the esh? What is the necessity of that? Turning to Vav Aleph, it comes to teach us that you are responsible in the scenario where lichika where a person's fire licked another person's. Tra- uh, plowed field, or where it scorched his stones. So Rashi explains these are considered damages that are not normal. Usually fire goes on and and damages things that are flammable. Things that are flammable. Grain, produce, things like that. But the plowed field and stones, the damages that are caused to that, they're not ordinary damage. That's why he uses this terminology. It was licked or scorched. It does still damage though. So the Chirish of the Torah in telling us that Yerchaia for Eish, even though you could have learned it from the others, is to tell us, even though this is like non-flammable damage or non-ordinary damage, you're still going to be responsible for those. That's why the Torah highlights Esh as well. So we've shown basically why even though you could have learned one from the other or one from the other two or some from the other two, it still wrote all of them to teach us the unique halachas associated with each of these damagers. All right, we're stopping here at the top of Vav Muralif. Be'ezer HaShem will continue tomorrow with this discussion. If it's not a Shava, HaShem. Everyone have a wonderful day.